What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. Hey, it's okay to move on. And I want to say that because sometimes we get in situations where we are the center of everything that is happening. And we are validated by the fact that people need us and they love us and they value us. And so because of that, it's hard to leave. And staying in a place where you are giving out more than you're giving is so unhealthy. And it has impact on you as a person. It has impact on your future and trajectory, but it also has impact on the people that you serve and that perhaps are not growing or not uh, advancing because they have been handicapped by your value. So I want to talk about that. First, let me tell you that uh, it's my goal, particularly with this podcast, to ensure that everything connects back to Jesus. And Jesus in Mark, the first chapter, gives us this amazing example of what we can do in situations where we need to know that it's okay to let go. So Jesus is healing at Simon's house. The Bible says that Jesus shows up at Simon's house. And uh, seemingly, People in the community, and this was a regular occurrence for Jesus, people in the community, when they would learn that Jesus was in the vicinity, they would do everything in their power to go where Jesus was. Quite naturally, that makes sense. Jesus is um, the Son of God. He is God manifested in the flesh. He um, is developed or has developed a reputation for healing um, sickness and and essentially transforming lives and communities, and not just in um, the way that he heals, but also through the way that he teaches. And so he is um, in the center or uh, or maybe even in the beginning um, of his earthly ministry, um, and he is a person uh, that is well sought after. And so, and rightfully so, he is fulfilling the mandate that God gave him uh, when God empowered him to come to earth uh, and to be uh, a conduit between heaven and earth. And so Jesus is at Simon's house um, fulfilling his assignment to be who God intended for him to be. And we don't know all the details, but I want to um, just use my uh, spiritual imagination to kind of fill in some of the blanks. I'm imagining that uh, the, the day is late and Jesus has healed and delivered and set free and taught. And he's done all this stuff. He's poured out to these people uh, and the day is over. The disciples, um, as you know, have a reputation for saying, okay, that's enough. Uh, Jesus is done. Um, you'll remember that um, after Jesus had healed um, and, and, and preached and 
I ministered to the 5,000. The disciples said, all right, sounds good. Everybody head back to your house. And Jesus was like, oh, no, we got to do more than just minister to their spiritual needs. We need to minister to their natural needs. We need to feed them before they go. The disciples were confused. They were like, forget feeding them. Like, they need to go so that you can get rest. And Jesus said, no, bring me the five loaves and the two fishes, and we're going to make that enough so that you all can serve them. And then there was also food left. So Jesus had a reputation for taking care of the natural and spiritual needs of people beyond what other people felt like um, was necessary, namely the people who were always around him, his disciples. In this particular instance, after he had healed and, and done what he was called to do, um, I can imagine that the disciples said, the day is over. The scripture doesn't tell us how the evening ends, but it does tell us that early in the morning, and I'm uh, somewhere around Mark, the first chapter, the 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, um, the Bible tells us that Jesus rises early uh, and goes to a secluded place to pray. Jesus rises early and goes to a secluded place to play. Now, to pray. You can imagine that Simon, um, the homeowner, uh, the host where Jesus is, um, he probably wakes up that morning and notices that a group of people are beginning to populate. People knew that Jesus was at Simon's house. So their expectation uh, for Jesus was that he come out after he had rested and continue to do what he had previously been doing, what his reputation says that he does. They expected him, um, they expected him to be at Simon's house. They expected him to do what he did the previous day. They had all these expectations for Jesus. And to be quite frank, their expectations were rightfully so. He's the healer and they need healing, right? Um, and they um, they didn't have um, any false expectations for Jesus. They just um, wanted to be healed. They wanted to be set free. They wanted to be taught. And they knew that Jesus was at Simon's house. So Simon, the host, probably wakes up in the morning and looks out the window and sees all these people gathering. And so he probably goes wherever Jesus was resting and says, hey, check this out. Like, we got to get started. But he notices that Jesus is not there. Where could Jesus be? Where could Jesus be at a time when um, all these people are gathering? The expectation is that Jesus is going to heal them. All these people, they need him. We need Jesus to be where all these people are. We need Jesus to be here meeting everybody's needs. So the Bible says that they cannot find Jesus, so they went searching for him. And eventually, they find Jesus in this obscure uh, and separated place. And Simon says, hey, all these people are in my house, and they need you. They're waiting on you. They're looking for you. Like, are you ready to go back to the house and get cracking like these people need healing they need deliverance they need to be set free they came in anticipation and expectation because they saw what you did yesterday through the father and they are ready today and they are at the house and jesus simply says to them oh no we're moving on to the next city we're moving we're, we're we're moving on to the next city now this i want us to um um walk uh, for a few seconds um, in, in, in the mind of Jesus, because Jesus had um, a, a proclivity. He had a calling to heal, right? He knew what his mandate was on earth. It's seemingly in my head that on his way to the next place that he might even run into some of the people that expected for him to be at Simon's house, right? It, it, it seems like, you know, maybe he would have pulled out his heartstring to know that those people who 
who had gathered. Those people needed healing. They 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 had an anticipation. They had enough faith to know that if Jesus is at Simon's house and he healed yesterday, that he will continue to heal today. The problem is, is that they had limited Jesus to Simon's house. Not only had they limited Jesus to Simon's house, Simon and those that were close enough to find him and speak to him said that your work is limited to what is at my house. And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is, this is, this is what you um, are assuming is that um, my ministry, right, my calling, the, the, the perimeter, the, the, the mag... Naminity, I can't say that word, the bigness of my ministry is all about like the need that you have in your house. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Sure, there's a need there, but what God has called me to do is bigger than what I have already done. So Jesus recognizes the importance of leaving and letting go. It wasn't that, I, I'm sure that there was some level of disappointment. I'm sure that Jesus wanted to hear the, heal the people that were there. I'm sure that Jesus knew that there were people there who were sick. I'm sure that Jesus could have said, all right, I don't need to go there, but I'll speak the word. And anybody who passes by your house, Simon, will be automatically healed. I'm sure that there are a lot of options that Jesus could have done, but Jesus simply said, my work here is done because there is some other place that I have to go to work. And I want to present this idea to you that sometimes, um, as I said in the beginning, um, people limit us to um, functionality and excellence that is only taking place at Simon's house, right? People say that, you know, you need to be um, here at this job because what will we do without you? The other day, somebody told me um, that um, they wanted to benefit from um, some um, particular gifting that I have because uh, I did it so great. And I think that they thought that affirming um, my um ability um, would be enough for me to say, sure, because you like my work, then I um, should do it for you. Uh, you actually continue to do it for you. But what they didn't realize is um, if I were to um, continue a cycle um, where I was doing work for them, that it would mean that I would not be able to do work in other places that build um, and that affirm and that take me to the next level in my gifting. Right. And so a lot of people, they are only uh, their mindset is only centered around what they need from you. Right. And they don't care about your upward mobility. They don't care about your career trajectory. They don't care about the advancement in your ministry, because to them, your value is simply at Simon's house. Your value is simply at this company. Your value is simply at this church. Your value is simply at th in this community. Your value is simply at this TV station or your value is limited um, to the places where you currently are, because there is where the need is. And You've already uh, uh, performed there, and people want you to continue to do that. Jesus is like, no. See, um, what happens is that when Jesus goes to a secluded place, now let, let me just let me just let me just iron out to you what I believe the strategy that we must employ is, and I want to do that um, through um, the 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 um, review of what Jesus does. First of all, he removes himself um, from influences that would believe that his calling is subjected and simply um, only valuable at Simon's house. He removes himself to a place where no 
nobody is. Listen, if you want to advance in life, in ministry, in calling, in career, you've got to remove yourself from influences that will tell you that your box or your span of influence is only small and very limited. So Jesus has to remove himself from the people who have a need in order to begin to see himself outside of where he is currently at. He's got to understand that his ministry um, is bigger than where he is, but he cannot do that unless he removes himself and isolates himself. I know that sometimes it can be really scary to isolate them ourselves, right? We often um, hear, particularly um, in, in church environments, you hear um, when people are moving to the next level, maybe through prophecy or words of knowledge or encouragement, you hear that the, the way to advance is to separate yourself. It's important, friends, that you realize that your advancement Sometimes your friends, your well-intentioned friends, your well-intentioned family members, your well-intentioned co-workers, they, they, they cannot, um, they can encourage you and they can inspire you and they can affirm you, but they only affirm you within their context. There are some people that cannot speak into your life the grandness or the grandeur of what God has for you because they can't see it, right? They only see um, the your possibility within the framework of where you currently work, where you currently go to church, where you currently minister, where you currently, they, they cannot see outside of that system, right? You've, you've run into someone um, who um, has said to you, um, gosh, you have a bright future. And, and then they start talking about what they think that future looks like. And it's very limiting and it's very um, different from how you see yourself or how you experience yourself. That's what's happening to Jesus. So he has to pull himself away. Now, the time that he spends with God in prayer, so that one is secluding yourself, and it's not enough to seclude yourself just to be in a quiet place. Jesus secludes himself in a quiet place, but then he prays to the Father. So uh, we... You, in order to really leave um, uh, something that is old to go to something new, you need more than quiet time. But you need the affirmation and the encouragement and the inspiration from the Father, right? Like you're not going to be able to do it in your own might and in your own courage. You need God to push you. You need God to affirm that thing on the inside of you so that when you are moved by other influences to go backwards, you can say without a shadow of a doubt that you know that God is calling you to move to the next level, to move forward, to move and to advance. And so by the time that Simon gets to Jesus, Jesus has already secluded himself. Jesus has already prayed for the Father. Jesus has already gotten direction from the Father. There is nothing that Simon can say to Jesus that will cause Jesus to go backwards, right? He could say, oh, there's a poor, you know, little girl and she's, you know, whimpering for her last breath. There's nothing that 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 Simon could have said um, to Jesus to make him go backwards because he, um, in his spirit, had already been um, 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 confirmed or validated or pushed to the next place. And so Jesus says that my work is bigger. Listen, there are some people that have you in a local, um, uh, they see they have a local trajectory 
trajectory for you because they don't know that God has a citywide ministry for you. They got that they got you um, at the top of the city because they don't realize that God has a statewide ministry. They got you in a statewide um, mindset because they don't realize that God has a countrywide. Maybe they're thinking that you are only limited to what you can do in the U.S. of A. And God said, no, I've got an international vision or ministry for them. So stop um, using other people's um, um, measuring stick of your success as the ceiling for who you are and where you are going. You have to ask God for inspiration to go and to move forward and what to do next. So listen, what is Jesus saying in all of this? What is God's message to us. And this is not, I'm not saying that this is specifically um, God's mindset, but I, I, I want to note these things. If you are struggling with moving forward and advancing and growing, you need to know that you are not everybody's solution. Everybody needs a solution and they will find one if they're tenacious, but they need to know and you need to know most importantly, because they might not find out as quick as you need to know, you are not everybody's solution. You don't have to be in control of everything and everybody and you are not responsible for every outcome. You are not responsible for every outcome. It's not your job to be responsible for every outcome. They will figure it out. They will find a way. Don't let their handicap be the reason why you are handicapped, right? I don't, you, you, you have to remember that you don't have to put yourself at the center of everything. You don't have to be dragged into the center of everything. You are not, you can, you can, you can have the capacity to fix every problem that people are experiencing, but you've got to learn to say, no, that is not my problem. That is not my fish to fry. That is not, I, I can fix it. Oh, I can fix that in five minutes. Oh, I can fix that in 10 minutes. It's not about my ability. It's not about my capacity. It's just that if I fix your problem, then it sets me back because God has other things that he wants me to accomplish, right? And so Jesus provides for us this, this, this beautiful example because he says, no, I am not going back to your house, Simon. My assignment there is done. And the reason why I know my assignment is done is because I have separated myself from all influences. I have been given the Father an audience of one, and I have asked him to direct me and to lead me and to show me what to do next. And he has, and now I'm ready to do that. Season with soul, with soul.